Hey, cool, y'all. Doing a little something different today on the podcast. Actually doing a solo edition. That's right. I'm here by myself, which is kind of weird because I've never done that before just by myself. I love having guests on, even if it's just a co-host. Mostly it's my boy, Corey, young Zachariah, even throwing the wife sometimes. But um, just kind of wanted to come on here and, and do a couple of things. Mostly just talk about the podcast itself. I recently got an email from Anchor. Anchor is the system that I upload all my stuff into. It's where, you know, they, they kind of do my host and my podcast hosting and they broadcast it to all the different channels, Apple, Spotify, Pocket Cast, all those different places, Google Play. And they sent me an email about the year in 2022. It's like a year review, whatever you want to call it. So it really got me thinking, huh, where did I start with all this mess? How did I end up where I am? And how do I feel about all this stuff? So I kind of put together some thoughts and wanted to chat a little bit about the podcast and how it started. When I did my very first intro episode, this was probably back in, I think, 2020. Uh, Me and Corey did a little intro on the podcast. Look, I love podcasts. I love listening to them. They're entertaining. And I did, I started a podcast, oh Lord, a long time ago. I had like cheap, shitty equipment. Nothing was special. I didn't have any good, um, you know, what do you call it? The Like garage band or whatever that you edit all this stuff. I didn't have any of that stuff. But I did it because it was fun. Me and my buddy from River Parish CrossFit, Ray Guidry, we started it because we were just going to do it as an informative piece for all of our members. Well, didn't last very long. But I knew that I loved doing it and I wanted to do it again. So once my whole TikTok thing kind of took off, I was like, you know what? I got a little some I got a little extra money. I'm gonna buy all some nice equipment and start my podcast again. And that's kind of how it all started for the second time. So like podcast 2.0. And to be honest, I really didn't have much expectations for it. It was more of um what's the best word? It's more of like uh therapeutic for me. I do it because it's fun. Uh, I I do it for me. I enjoy it. I never really wanted to have like uh, a goal where I wanted so many listeners or I wanted so many downloads or I wanted to make X amount of money with the podcast. Not saying that I'm not interested in any of that because eventually I'm sure we'll probably monetize, but it's not really that important to me. I do it for me and my friends because it's just a blast. And if we have three listeners or three million listeners, uh, I appreciate all of you for tuning in and you know enjoying it, giving me all the feedback. But don't take this the wrong way. But if none of you were there and it was really only three listeners being the three of us that do the podcast most of the time, I'd still be okay with it just because it's so much fun and I just enjoy it. So with all that being said, thank you if you're listening to this. Thank you if you've listened to any in the past or maybe in the future you might come on board. But this has been a fantastic couple of years. So what I wanted to go over was some of the things that were in that Anchor Year in Review. Now, this is all going to be Spotify numbers because Anchor is owned by Spotify. So even though my podcast is on a whole bunch of different platforms, these numbers are strictly Spotify. Now, for comparison's sake, Apple is 73% of my users 
use Apple. 20% of my users or followers or people who listen to my podcast, whatever you want to call it, Spotify and Anchor is only 25, I mean, uh, 20%. So Apple, 73%. Spotify and Anchor, 20%. And then the other smaller platforms that I put my stuff on is only 7%. So you can imagine those numbers are very heavily skewed towards Apple. One of the interesting pieces was I'm 45 years old and 40% of the audience, oh, that's a better word, audience. 40% of my audience are ages 35 to 44, which I thought was very interesting because it's very fitting being that this is the generation that I'm in, kind of, and why not that be the people that we reach, right? Well, the second best group 31% of my audience, 45 to 59. So again, 71% of my people are 35 to 59 years old, which is very fitting. Uh, 73% of the audience is males. Again, not shocking, but uh, I'd like to see the females be a little bit higher, but hey, I don't have any control over that. I don't know uh, what that really means, but eh, it is what it is. Last year in 2022, or I guess this year, from January till now, I've produced 1,122 minutes of new content. Now, when I first looked at that number, I was like, holy cow, 1,000 minutes. How much is that broken down like per day, per week? I don't know. I'm not good at mental math, and I didn't really prep to do the uh, division and calculations and carry in the ones, but it seems like a lot to me. But I feel like it's also, on the other hand, not really all that much. Last year in 21, pre-IDA, I was really doing well hammering out episodes, you know, one after another. So I was having one just about every single week. After IDA, I lost most of my equipment, had to go get all new equipment. And then kind of once I started to get a little bit back, throwing a uh, sprinkling in an episode maybe once a month, if that. But didn't really have a lot of pressure to do it because I had so many other things to do that were, you know, bigger things that I needed to to take care of, like rebuilding my house. I was living at Corey's at the time. But since then, since we're back in the house, I've kind of been on a like every other week type of schedule. Not really on purpose, but it hasn't been the biggest priority to get people in here and do some things or when I do want to get it, I don't like doing them by myself. And it's hard to get people to come over and our schedules mesh up because, man, between my work, between golf, coaching, soccer, family time, and then other people that have their own schedules, sometimes it's just hard. So I would love to do more. My goal is to keep going and do some more. But right now, the biweekly thing seems to fit a little bit better in my schedule. Hopefully, we can get back to weekly, but I can't really promise. It's fun. I would like to do it every single day, but let's be real. That's just not going to happen. Well, one other thing that I thought was very interesting is last year, my audience grew 893% more than it did on an average basis between August and September. Well, I guess it's interesting that they picked that month, but I have an idea why. One of my biggest episodes that I've ever done was released around that time frame. So I got some new people that came into the audience. I started knowing a little bit about the Hey E-Rock podcast. 
So it doesn't surprise me that it grew 893% more than average. That's a huge, huge number. Because I guess if it's if it grew 100%, that means that it doubles. If it grew 200%, does that mean that it quadruples? Or 893%, how many times over is that? Is that eight times? I don't know. Interesting. I wish it had actual numbers instead of percentages. I mean, I know I'm not like, I don't know, I don't have like a million people that listen to my audience. So maybe they put the percentages because percentage-wise looks a little bit better than numbers. Because like, let's just say if you have one follower and you grow 100%, that means you go to two followers. I don't know. Anyway, I digress. But it also says that my actual followers grew a total of 28% over the whole year. So again, kind of confusing. It grew 893% more than average between August and September, but I only grew 28% as a whole. I don't know. Uh, But whatever. It's cool numbers. At least we're growing, right? Now, one thing that's interesting on the podcast is for a long time, I'd made a joke. A long time ago, I made a joke about how, oh, you can say anything you want in this podcast. Nobody's going to hear it. There's only like three people that listen. And that's always been kind of the running joke. Well, we had some people starting to email us and they we did a little giveaway. So we had a bunch of people that came in and entered into the giveaway so we can give away some cool stuff. So it was clear that we had way more than just three followers. So then the joke grew from like, oh, we only got six people to listen to this to now we got 10 people that listen to this. And it's always been a fun running joke. And I'm still going to continue to use it because it's it just it's just a funny thing to do, right? But another interesting fact that I found on this little email from Anchor was that my podcast is in the top 10 podcasts for 159 fans, which is kind of cool. Again, this is only Spotify numbers where Apple is 73% of my audience and Spotify is only 20%. So I'd almost say you extrapolate that times 20% and maybe it grows. I don't know. I wish I knew what the actual numbers were, but I don't. So I digress. Top 10 podcasts for 159 fans. Very cool. I have 137 fans that say or that show providing the numbers that I am a top five podcast for them, which is very interesting. But I wonder how many podcasts some of those people actually listen to. Like, do they only listen to five? Do they only listen to three, which makes me in the top five? I don't know. Kind of curious, but still interesting. But the one thing that was really cool was 56 fans. Again, not a lot of people, but I am their number one podcast. So I'm like the only one that they listen to. Or if they listen to others, they listen to me more. Look, like I said, whether it's Three people or three million people, I appreciate everybody. I just think that it's really fascinating that just little old E-Rock from Luling doing a silly podcast that we've got thousands and thousands of people that actually listen to this podcast. Very cool. So uh, I guess so much for having only six people to listen to the podcast, but like I said before, still going to be using that joke. Now, here's where it gets a little interesting, and I'm not exactly sure how they come up with these numbers, but still sounds kind of cool. According to Anchor and my Spotify numbers, that I am in the the top 20% of the most shared 
Globally Podcast, and Spotify. Top 20% in the world globally, which I don't even know how that happens. You would imagine that in the world, in the world, there has to be millions and millions of podcasts. Some that aren't really there anymore. People started them. They're not doing them anymore. And of course, you've got the heavyweights, the Joe Rogans and all those guys. But to be in the top 20%, I guess that's pretty cool. I, I don't know. I, I mean, it has to be, right? Top 20%. Pretty impressive. Not sure how, but I'll take it. They also say that I'm in the top 15% of the most followed podcasts. Again, this is just on Spotify. Not really sure how, but I would imagine if I had the Apple numbers to go with the Spotify or this, or if this was my podcast as a whole, which I'd love to see, I'd like to see how that shakes out. Again, not really sure how I get in the top 20 of the most shared and the top 15 of the most followed, but I will take it. Another thing that's cool is 89% of the listeners that discovered my podcast came in 2022, 89% of my, my audience. That's a lot. And again, I know I had a lot of new people because I had some pretty cool podcasts, some big ones, the biggest one, as a matter of fact, uh, over the year. And we'll get into that later. Actually, we can get into that now because I just wrote a little note on my thing that says 54% of my audience started with episode 49, Navy SEAL Gary Ellis. Now, when Gary came on, this was definitely my most successful podcast, and in my personal opinion, probably one that I was most excited about doing and had full expectations that it was going to be a great story and that other people would like it too. And I did not disappoint myself when I listened to it. Uh, and again, I'm not taking credit for this because it's Gary's story, but man, was that a fantastic episode. If you're hearing this and you have not listened to episode 49, Navy SEAL Gary Ellis, do yourself a favor and go listen to it. It is fantastic. He's just a good old boy from Thibodeau, Louisiana, which is like 40 minutes away from my house. Went up through the ranks, uh, SEAL Team 8, SEAL Team 6, started flying uh, Blackhawks and the 160th. Uh, just a fantastic, amazing story to hear. Um, and he's just a, a homeboy from right down the road. Now, I, it got a, a bunch of, well, I don't really want to say publicity, but it got a, it garnered a whole lot of attention from all over the place, like Facebook and everywhere. Um, and I don't, I don't promote any of my podcasts other than maybe making a post on Facebook. That's about it. Or other people sharing it. I'm pretty sure that if I did some promotion, I could probably gain a little bit, you know, get the word out, let people see it. Uh, but again... This is really just fun for me, and I didn't really want to make it work. And whether I have three people or three million people, you know, it is what it is. I know probably I could make some money or promote it and gain 10 times more followers or whatever the case may be, but I don't know, maybe one day. But this is just for fun. So with all that being said, one thing that I wanted to do was kind of go back and reflect on some of my top episodes and some of my favorite episodes and play little snippets and kind of talk about it. So the first thing I want to do is clearly episode 49, Navy SEAL, Gary Ellis, my favorite, the best, 
the highest, all that fun stuff. This actually has, I don't know if it just stopped at 999, but according to this report, 999% more streams than the average episode. So I wonder, does it stop at 999? Does it not have a thousand? Is it more than that? Who knows? But I've got a couple of clips that I want to play. And the first one is the intro to the Gary Ellis uh, podcast, episode 49. So let's hear it. I did 16 deployments altogether, 250 free fall jumps, spent five years at SEAL Team 8. And then uh, this is the only time that I'll say it on a program. I screened or asked if I could go over to the Tier 1 unit, which is SEAL Team 6. I was selected and spent uh, five years at SEAL Team Hooyah. I'll call it either SEAL Team Hooyah or Damn Neck or Deb Grew. Those are all buzzwords for that command. And it was absolutely the land of milk and honey for a frogman. The support was there. The money was there. The resources were there. And the training was there. It was absolutely unbelievable command. Now, this is pretty fascinating because one thing that we did before the the podcast episode, and I do this a lot of times whenever I have an actual guest on, not when we are typically drinking beer and talking about golf and dumb shit with all of my friends, but if I actually have a guest on that I'm going to be interviewing, what we'll do is have like a a pre-episode kind of meeting, get to know each other. Because I like to do a bunch of notes whenever I'm doing a podcast. I've got a whole notes section that I keep on pages on my iPad or or my MacBook either way. And it's kind of like a timeline that I loosely use towards the episode. That way, if I have some interesting things that I want to talk about, I can use it as my notes. But if I want to go off tangent, then we go off tangent. So what actually happened with Gary was because he was a friend of a friend, Uh, He's a a friend of my buddy, Tim Hooper, who, if you've listened to the podcast, you know, and we'll talk about him later. But uh, we've been trying to get him on the uh, the podcast for a while. As a matter of fact, Tim and I were playing golf one day, or maybe we were fishing or hunting, I forget. And he is talking about, man, I've got this buddy who uh, is on SEAL Team 6, and he would be awesome on the podcast. Would you be interested in having him on? Uh, Yeah. Of course I would. Why wouldn't I? He was like, well, man, you know, I'm just thinking about it. I don't know if he would really want to come on a podcast and talk to us. I said, look, I I totally get it. Totally respect that. But what I would say is, why don't you just have a conversation with him? Tell him what I'm about. You know, because you and I are friends. You know what I'm about. You've been on a podcast before. You know what the podcast is about. And just see if he'd be interested. We can talk about anything and everything that he wants to and absolutely nothing If he doesn't want to, it's completely up to him. So good thing was he talked to Gary. Gary was like, hell yeah, I'm in. Well, when he was coming into town one weekend, he was like, hey, look, Gary's in town. You know, if you want to meet him, we can come hang out and we'll talk about some stuff and then we'll do the podcast later. I'm like, all right, perfect. So Gary actually came to the house. We had a few drinks. We were shooting the shit. We got along perfectly. He's such a, he's such a, um, a man's man, just kind of a cool guy fun to talk to, uh, and we were hanging out like we had been friends forever. So I think that was perfect because he realized that we weren't really out to get him or set him up or anything, that we were pretty cool. So he was like, hey, let's do the podcast tomorrow. Well, while we were talking about this in the pre-screening and everything, 
One thing that he said, he said, I got one request. He's like, all right, whatever you want. He says, I'm going to mention SEAL Team 6 one time. And after that, I want to, whenever I talk about it, I want to use code words. So I'm like, okay. I mean, that's totally fine with me. But I said, "Ah, I'm just curious. Why is that? You know, this is supposed to be one of the baddest teams on the planet that does some of the highest skilled, highest dangerousness, if you will, in the world. And it's there's a huge brotherhood and respectfulness in that group. And for him, he didn't want to disrespect his comrades, his his brothers, his frogmen. So it was just kind of like a little code, which I instantly appreciated and thought that it was fantastic. And look, I'm not going to tell him he can't do it. I mean, this is my podcast, but this is his his podcast. He's the guest. Everything is around him. So it just worked right off the bat. But I just thought it was very interesting that he would say, hey, look, I'm just not going to call it that anymore. This is what I'm going to call it. SEAL Team Hooyah is what we agreed on. Well, actually, he had mentioned, and I was like, yep, no problem. I can do that. So very cool story. Well, as the stories went on and he was kind of getting into some of the other things, he got on uh, Tim, who is his buddy. They met in flight school. Tim flies Blackhawks in the military as well. But I found out that Tim's Blackhawks and uh, Gary's Blackhawks in the 160th, which is the SEAL teams of aviation, if you will, those two Blackhawks were very different. Gary's Blackhawk was much, much heavier armed to go into battle than Tim's was. So we kind of started talking a little bit about that. And here's a very cool clip about the many guns that are in the Blackhawk and what they can do. So let's give this a listen. So our gunners have what were called mini guns, and I don't know why they ever. I actually don't know why they call them mini guns, but I don't either. Because yeah, they, they don't appear to be anything mini about them. Exactly right, and so um, and that's that's on the assault bird. So for the listeners, the assault when it comes to helicopter, especially in the army, it just means uh, the helicopters that are bringing the boots to the ground. The um, uh, the we call them different things. That they that's why I'm kind of bumbling on my words here, but we have what's called organic uh, overhead assets for close air support that we use inside of the 160th that you don't have in other units. Um, like, for instance, we arm up our Blackhawks at the, at the 160th, and they're called DAPs, uh, direct action, action penetrators, or we have the Little Birds armed up, which are Hughes 500s, and they're absolutely fantastic assets. But um, to answer the question, they, the minigun spits out, on a low-rate fire, 3,000 rounds a minute, and on a high-rate fire, 4,000 rounds of 308. From I know all my country boys know what a 308 round is, and it's just an absolutely fantastic asset. So what the gunner does is when he, when he dials into the target, um, he, he starts off on low-rate, and he, he watches the splash of the bullets, and then he walks the, the bullets into the target, and then goes on high rates. So anything that's that wanted to live is no longer living. So it's, it would sound something <laughs> that's like... That's one way to put it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's absolutely devastating uh, firepower. And, um, and those guys were really good at it, you know. And um, 
That probably doesn't answer your question. Well, no, actually, that that does. Um, so what that tells me, though, in a roundabout way, is that you're flying the aircraft, so you're setting up uh, based on what the the target is or whatever you want to call it. But you have an actual gunner, another guy who's doing it, or 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 are you pulling the trigger for a less? Uh... No, it's it's two gunners that are hanging outside of each window. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's ninety degrees to the aircraft. Gotcha. And so that being said, like it depending on the airspeed or something like that. If we came up onto a target, and this this has happened before, where uh, we pop up over a, a mountaintop, and all of a sudden there's there's Al Qaeda everywhere, and I I see the targets, I'll whip that son bitch into a power slide and just let him, because he can't fire forward. Right. But if I present the side of the aircraft, he's got all he needs. So this is almost like a like a symphony, right? Everybody's doing the exact same thing yep. at the perfect time, and it's like. This guy knows what you're going to do before you do it, and you know what you expect him to do, and you're just laying the groundwork to make stuff happen. Everybody has their job. You said it better That's than right. I could have. Okay. Yep. I don't think so, but okay. well, no. I appreciate but, it. But, but Zach, so. you and I are learning. We're, yeah, we're yeah, learning. Yeah, 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 and no. let me paint this picture for you. Those guys in the front seat, Gary's up there flying. That gun is mm, 14 inches behind you maybe. Door, cockpit door is off, and that is going on right there next to you. So you're telling me you can feel the heat. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, wow. You can feel that thing vibrate in the airplane. Yeah. Yeah. And, you're, and, now he, and he's still flying. You're flying, yeah. computing all the stuff you got to compute. All that's still going on, yeah. man. And that thing is rocking and rolling right yeah. there. So a very interesting story. Um, it's kind of the stuff you only see on the movies. Nothing that you really have experienced. Very few people have ever experienced. So I can only imagine this thing in real life. I mean, just craziness but 3,000 rounds per minute in low mode and 4,000 rounds per minute in high mode that's just an insane barrage of power if you will just something I just can't imagine but anyway episode 49 Navy SEAL Gary Ellis my favorite episode highly recommended if you haven't listened to it or if you want to go back and listen to it again because I did I just thought it was that good of a clip. So getting into my actually my second largest episode, which is kind of funny, this being the very first episode of the podcast. But I'll tell you why I I think it was the second highest um listened to podcast. Building up to this way back in I don't know 2020 when we first started. Yeah, 2020, I think I started. Yes. So when I first started and we got back on the podcast, I did a little build up on my TikTok, which had a whole lot of followers. I got a bunch of people that follow me on TikTok. And at the time, I was kind of promoting it a little bit, giving little teasers. So when I did do it and I launched it, I had a lot of people that tuned in, which is another reason why I know that if I actually did some promotions and shared it with people, then my views and or not views, but my listens or downloads or audience, whatever you want to call it would grow a whole lot. But here's what's funny about that episode. When I went back and listened to it the other day when I was putting this together, boy, was it cringy. <laughs> I, I, it's kind of like when I've seen some of my old TikToks and I go back and look and I see how much I've grown as um, an influencer or creator or whatever you want to call it. Man, I don't know, dude. It was it's so cringy. The way I the way the 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 episode started and 
I just didn't have the fluidity or the it's just lots of things that come with experience, right? Things that I enjoy that I've kind of grown with. It was just a little harder to listen to at first. But we get into like what all the podcast is about, how I got my start in TikTok. What are our plans for the podcast? What are we going to do? All that fun stuff. But one thing that's tried and true from my TikToks is kind of doing some things. It's all South Louisiana, things that Cajuns say. Why do we say it? And a lot of those things get brought to light, not necessarily by me, but if I say something that other people will comment and say, why did you say this? Or what does that mean? So it kind of prompts ideas for certain things. And one of the things that always gets people, and I think it's hilarious, hot water heaters. That's what we call them. The things that heat the water so that you can take a warm shower, we call it a hot water heater. And boy, does that burn some people's behinds because if the water's already hot, why you need to heat it? It's a water heater. Or maybe call it a hot water tank. Just all kind of fun stuff. So I'm just trolling everybody. I just get a kick out of it. It's whatever. We call it whatever we want. You can call it whatever you want. But here me and Corey kind of talk a little bit about it in episode one. So let's just give that a listen. Well, it amused me, you know, when you were like, uh, hey, let's do this TikTok about words we say. And I'm thinking, what? Yeah, we say that because it's normal. Mm-hmm. Hose pipe, hot water heater. Oh, I'm still getting flack about that oh, one. About what? Hot water the heater? The hot water heater every day. Yeah. I don't understand because... The logic I have for hot water heater makes complete sense to me because mm-hmm. it's only a cold water heater the first time it heats up the water. Then it keeps the water hot. Yep, it just exactly. makes the water hotter. So it is a hot water heater. <laughs> it heats the hot water. Make, uh, we can get into a long yeah, conversation about that. And look, but, it's, it's semantics. I get it. It's yeah. a water heater. And we say hot water heater. Yeah. But we do have some factual evidence that proves that it is, in fact, a hot water right. heater. It's only a cold water heater once. Yep, because while we're in it, I'm just going to give my little piece. If that hot water tank, or let's just say water tank for those people, is at 100 degrees, you go on vacation, you're not using any water, that thing will eventually start to get to 99, 98, 97, where that heating element kicks on, and it heats what? Heats hot water. It heats the hot water back to 100 to get where it needs to be. Yeah. Okay, enough said about the hot water heater. Uh, but I just I just get a kick out of it because, you know, a lot of the stuff we do on here is entertainment. Like, you don't have to agree. You, you know, I, I, a lot of times I'll say the things that we say, like hot water heater and, and all the other fun stuff. I'll say, this is what we do. It might not make sense to you, but this is what we do. It's really just in fun. And I've actually been pretty blessed that I don't have a whole lot of knuckleheads that come in my comment section trying to talk smack. It did happen in the very beginning. But I think later on, people realize, oh, well, this dude's just trying to make a smile. Yeah. So I still get them every once in a while. But if I get a thousand comments, 999 of them are overwhelmingly positive. Like right. people thanking me for what I do or teaching them something that they didn't know or, you know, just whatever it is, brightening their day. So I ain't worried about the haters because guess what? When you on my on my thread and you hating on me, that's still promoting the algorithm. So I just say thank you. Yeah, all attention is attention. All right. advertisement is good, whether it's good or bad. You still get an advertisement. Yeah, hey, that's what they always say. Uh, even bad publicity is still publicity. That's right. So, so that was episode one intro with Corey. Uh, like I said, if you do happen to go back to listen to episode one, and in the very beginning you're like, "Oh, golly, yes, I know, cringy," but hey, it's in there. It's on the 
the interwebs for everybody to listen to and enjoy. You can make fun of me if you want to, but it's all about growth. You got to start somewhere. So the next episode I wanted to talk to is another one of my favorites. Episode two, actually, of one of my favorite human beings in the entire world is Joe Ganote. Such a great guy. Um, we met through soccer. I coach his daughter. Where I, Our daughters actually started playing soccer together a long, long time ago when they were younger. Then we moved on to a different team. Hadn't seen him in a long time. Uh, and then we wound up getting back on the same team again a few years back. So Joe and I kind of kind of actually started our quote-unquote relationship together again uh, just because he's such a great guy, a great leader, great person to be around, has some amazing experiences and stories. And as a couple of clips that I want to share from episode two with Joe Ganote. And the first one is just about his name. I love saying his name. So let's get into that. And I'll do a little explanation. Here's a clip from episode two, Joe Ganote. Joe Ganote, my buddy. What's up, dude? How you doing? I'm doing well. You know, it's funny. Like, you got a great name, Joe Ganote. It just sounds fun. Like, mine's all boring. It's just like Eric. I don't know, I don't know if it's fun. Well, I was just, when I was a kid, I used to say it like I was going to walk up to, to the plate and, and be announced by an announcer. And it just didn't sound right. I'm like, they... they my parents named me incorrectly. Oh, so. I, I think it's kind of funny. I could just say it all day. Right. It's like Joe Ganote, Joe Ganote instead of just a Joe. But right. hey, I digress. <laughs> so just a quick little intro whenever we were first talking, just because I just think it's hilarious. Uh, just kind of rolls off the tongue. Such a great name. But what's an even better story is the one that I'm going to get into now. It's going to be the second clip from episode two with Joe Ganote. He was an amazing athlete. Well, if you ask him, he probably wouldn't say he was an amazing athlete, but he was very hardworking. He was tenacious. He was just, he was that guy that every coach wanted on his team. That's my depiction of it. Well, when he got into the minor leagues, he actually was there at the same time that Michael Jordan left basketball to go try baseball and has a very cool interaction with Michael or MJ. Can I just say it? call him Michael? Because everybody calls him Michael Jordan. Anyway. You know who I'm talking about. So let's get into this clip real quick. Very fascinating, great story. Such a cool experience. Like I mentioned before, I'm I'm not much of a baseball guy. I don't really follow baseball and all that stuff. But when I think about the minors, one thing that comes to mind is, I mean, everybody knows Michael Jordan, right? right. Michael Jordan, unbelievable basketball career, but had a little stint in baseball. Now, I got a little trivia. Since you're such a baseball guy, I got a question for you. Okay. And I have a feeling you know where I'm going with this. Yeah. Michael Jordan had his very first hit in the minors. Do you know the name of the pitcher that gave him his first hit? Unfortunately, I do. What's his name? Joe Ganote. Joe Ganote. <laughs> Joe Ganote. This is the funniest story. It's It's actually really cool because, I mean, well, it's, it's interesting, right? Because... You don't want to be the guy that he hits on you, regardless of who it is. Right. But I mean, it's Michael freaking Jordan, right? Right. Dude, you got to tell us that. You got to tell that story. So here's a guy that um, the most recognizable athlete on the planet at the time decides he's going to take a, a hiatus into from, your world from basketball into my world. And uh, there was a lot of controversy. Obviously, that was a lot of people didn't like the fact that he was going to get opportunities that most people didn't didn't have to pay his dues. But you're talking about Michael Jordan here. So for whatever reason, to me, it was great for baseball. 
It really, especially of, of course, it is minor league baseball. publicity. That's right. So, um, not knowing where he was going to go, we knew he was going to be the White Sox. No one knew what level they were going to start him at triple a double a even the big leagues possibly depending on what his spring training looked like so i never had an issue with it i'm always a big fan being from north carolina and liking the guy um wasn't a big tar heel fan but i, I liked michael jordan and what he was about I used to watch the video come fly with me which is highly inspirational if you haven't seen it watch mm-hmm. it uh, kind of tells about where he came from but there was a connection there and i thought that was pretty cool so that he was going to be playing baseball but um no, you don't want to be the guy to give up the first hit to anybody, especially that guy. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's talk about that game. Uh, you know he's going to be there. I'm sure there's tons of publicity around the game. And guess who's pitching? It's you. That's right. All right, so he comes up to the plate. What's going through your head? First of all, there's a there's a little bit of a story prior to that. So it kind of gives you my mindset at the time. Because my mindset at the time, my answer to the question was, uh, you're in my world. So mm-hmm. you're not in basketball world. So I had to be... I'm better than you. I don't care who you are. I'm going to get you out. Mm-hmm. And uh, to be honest with you, there was two other guys in the lineup that I were way more concerned about and was had, I don't want to say respect for, but baseball respect for. Mm-hmm. And that was Carlton Fisk and Steve Sachs. Both those guys played in Big Leagues. And I mentioned earlier that Carlton Fisk played uh, for the 1975 Boston Red Sox when he hit the home run mm-hmm. that curved around the foul pole and broke my heart. So uh, now I'm pitching against him. So I was kind of more concerned about that guy than anybody. Gotcha. Um, but prior to that, I'd met Michael in a during a golf round, golf match. So every spring training, I had a good friend of mine that lived in Sarasota, Florida, which is also the home of the White Sox spring training. And uh, he and I were teammates, uh, Scott Miller, good friend of mine. And he, in the off season, because you're in a minor league, you don't make a lot of money. You got to have a second or third job to make ends meet. So he worked at a golf course, which was the TPC Prestancia, which was a pretty high level golf course, a lot of important people live on, I would mm-hmm. say important, but a lot of famous people live on Dick Vitale lives there, Dottie Mockery, uh, some other folks. So, nice. so you're saying it's not Willardale or Ormond. It's no, kind it, of fancy. I, I got you. It's not a goat ranch. I got sure. you. And, uh, I felt out of place playing there, but, uh, Scott was able to get us there. So every spring training, I would go a couple weeks early and I would train with some other guys that, you know, from other organizations that you become friends with through the minor leagues, because mm-hmm. you're all trying to do the same thing. There's really, right. there's some competitiveness there, but really you're friends. And, and, um, so we would always train together and I remember distinctly, we would train in the morning and then I'd go play golf in the afternoon with Scott. And, um, that morning he called me one morning, he called me and says, Hey, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm getting ready to go work out with the guys. He goes, no, but get your golf clubs, come to the course. And I'm like, well, I'm supposed to go work out. And he goes, no, I'm telling you, get over here. So I go to the golf course and I'm like, Scott, why are we playing in the morning? And we're on the first tee box and this cart comes around and he goes, that's why. And it's a guy that's about six foot six, mm-hmm. tall, looks like a basketball player. And it happens to be Michael Jordan. Yeah. Michael Jordan. And he's, he's pretty famous for his golf outings. He's a good, he's a, he's a very good golfer. So, um, What's interesting about it is is Scott knew the whole time that we were probably going to get an opportunity to play with him. Um, so he brought a guy with him, guy by the man, I think his name was Dave Mowry. I can't quite remember, but he was a, a front office guy with the White Sox. So he pulls up, and we're going to play with him. And Michael Jordan can't do anything without competing and, and betting. Mm-hmm. So um, he wants to make a bet on the game. And first he introduces himself and he says, Hey, how you doing? I'm Michael Jordan. I'm like, yeah, no shit. Yeah, so. no, right. Yeah. No introductions <laughs> needed, but okay. Okay. I'm joking. I need to introduce myself. To <laughs> right. But just, a, you, you should have said, I'm joking. No, remember that name. That's right. <laughs> he did. And we'll get to that. In a yeah. Second, but, um, 
but it was a great opportunity to play with him and it was a lot of fun and he's very very competitive but he wanted to play thousand dollar nassau which i looked at scott not knowing what that was and he's shaking his head no you don't want any part of that mm-hmm. and so he was more or less joking so basically we play twenty dollar nassau so the most we can lose is eighty dollars basically mm-hmm. so i'm like i can handle that my i've got that in my wallet i, th- I think and uh being a double a player but what was interesting is that he wanted to play um Normally, you ride with your teammate in your cart. He wanted to switch teammates. So, in mm-hmm. other words, he and his guy are going to play against Scott and I, but yet I would ride nine holes with Michael, and then Scott would ride nine holes with Michael, and we would switch all for the purpose that he can get in your head. Mm-hmm. The dude was just going to – he was going to talk. And of he course. Was gonna, he was going to compete that way too, and yep. that's how he was. But super, super nice guy, and, and you get to kind of get an inside look of who he really was. And, and um, an example of that is he had a ball in the woods, and – and uh, I'm thinking he's going to take a drop. There's no way. I'm like, you don't have a shot. And by this time, I'm comfortable. I'm I'm talking junk back to him. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me, and he goes, I, I've got a shot. And sure enough, he hit one. I mean, it looked like he was in jail, and he put mm-hmm. it on the green. I'm like, this is just – this guy is just next level. So it was great to, to kind of see and play and understand what goes through his head. And so um, with that being said, we uh, we got an opportunity to play. We didn't do well. We lost. I lost eighty dollars to him, and um, it's better than eighty thousand or where the other right. one that he wanted. It would have been ugly. The other yeah. one, I would have to he'd probably still be looking for that money. Yeah, but I gave him the eighty dollars, and um, shockingly, he took it. I'm thinking to myself, now you got eighty million and eighty dollars, and that's mm-hmm. what I gave him. And so that's what I actually told him. And uh, he took the money and gave it to the car guy, car kid, who was going to load up. Okay, well, that's his, cool. Yeah, he gave it to the kid and loaded up his Porsche with his clubs, and they drove away. And that was really kind of the end of it. I did ask him for an autograph. You know, I said, hey, will you test the scorecard? And his only concern was that I would change the numbers on the scorecard. Uh-huh. Didn't, want it to, didn't want to make him look bad, huh? I said, I promise I won't change the numbers. So he did that, and he signed a, go- a golf ball, and I thought that was the end. Great yeah, that's really cool. So a very fascinating story. Not too many people ever have gotten to play with Michael Jordan. So great story. The rest of that episode, we kind of talk about his whole baseball career, his baseball journey, which is really fascinating. And matter of fact, I had him on twice. He was on episode two, which is what you just heard from. And I've also had him again back on episode 14, Joe Ganote Reloaded. And we kind of talk a little bit more about his career that we didn't get into the first time. So very cool stories. Definitely suggest you go and checking that one out. Now, the next episodes I want to talk about is we drink a lot of beer on this podcast. I started to get into a, a little bit of a fascination with IPAs and stuff like that. So I was always curious about that whole culture, why people like it. And at first, when I was first drinking it, I was not an IPA fan. But through TikTok, I got some invitations to go to Spindle Tap Brewery in Houston. Uh, They kind of gave me a whole plethora, if you will, of IPAs to try. And just to kind of say, hey, look, you know, try all of these. Maybe you'll like some of them. And it was I don't know if I should be happy that that happened or pissed off because now I love IPAs and it's been way too much money on it. But that was kind of the birth of my IPA drinking career, if you will. So thanks. Big shout out to Spindle Tap. Love y'all. Still my favorite brewery. Makes the best beers. Love it. But as I got into the whole beer scene, I learned about this guy named Paw Paw. Well, everybody down here has got a Paw Paw or a Pepe, like we would say in French. But Paul Paul Peters, a.k.a. Mike Peters, who is a local guy, just lives right around the Conda from me. And this dude is like the beer guru. 
has his own Facebook page, Church of the Sacred Brew, who the tons and tons of people from all over the creation are on there to talk about beer and share and all this stuff. But Mike is a judge. He uh, reviews beers on the, the page in the church, as they call it. And just an all-around interesting character. Well, we were able to get him on the podcast one day. And while we had an absolute blast on the podcast, boy, did we get turned up. Because that dude brought, man, a whole entire ice chest of beers. And we were all sitting around sipping and drinking and tasting and learning. And it was such a good time. Uh, I thought for sure that it was going to be the worst episode ever because it was just going to turn into a complete shit show, but it didn't. We had a lot of fun. But one of the things that we always joke about whenever we get into the ingredients in some of the cans, some of the IPAs, is our favorite little fascination with lactose. Because every time that comes on, we always say, hold on to your buttholes, lactose. And it's all because of Corey. So here again, we kind of talk a little bit about that on episode 22 with Pawpaw Peters. Capital letters contains lactose. Contains lactose. <laughs> Hold on to your butthole. Hold on to your butthole, Corey. Yeah, I'm lactose intolerant. That's okay. I love the beer with, uh, for some reason, I love beer with lactose in it. I love the lactose flavor. Mm, it's got a great I'm going to pay for it tomorrow. I, I need to ask this question. How long does this take to act on you? Next morning. Six hours. Okay, so I don't have to worry about nah, this tonight. No. We're not, we're not going to have to help home. No, you're good. Okay. No, no. Good. So I was getting worried, Aaron. This I don't, is great. I don't need any help. I, but I would, so just me, I wouldn't have put the lactose. I like the burn, the bite. I, I don't know. Uh, it's a great beer. Well, really shut good. up, Aaron. We got a first review well, from Papa. God damn it. No, it's my review. No, yeah. it's not your review. No, hold, hold, hold up a second. Hold on. Let me give my review. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Now, the, the lactose does mellow it down. Yeah, it does. It's definitely taking the edge off. I tend to like this, but I could drink it without the lactose and be just as happy. Uh, this is a damn good beer. Yep. Um, I first like time this. tasting this beer, so it's damn good. But that's what's interesting to me, too, is that I almost want to say, okay, now I know that he's probably not going to do this, but I'd want to, ta- to have this beer regular and this beer with lactose because you're saying that and see what's the difference. I'm like Corey. I seem to like everything that has lactose in it because it does take the edge off. It does make it kind of a little silkier, uh, sweeter. I don't know. I mean, I'd be curious to see one with and one without, but the same exact beer. with this beer because uh, this lends itself to a side-by-side. So very cool fascination with lactose and ingredients and why things taste a certain way. So we get into all kinds of stuff, how a lot of that is brewed, about the yeast, about the cultures, about, oh, man, all kind of cool stuff. So another great episode. That was episode 22, Craft Beer with Paul Paul Peters. Now, the next one I want to talk about is my homeboy, Hey Hooper, a.k.a. Tim Hooper, who uh, I've mentioned earlier, he's buddies with Gary Ellis. They went in flight school together, but... He flies Black Hawk helicopters uh, in the military. He also has a civilian job where he flies helicopters, kind of like one of those flying ambulances, if you will. They fly over to certain spots, a medevac, and they, you know, help out with some of that stuff, shuttling people around. Well, another thing that Tim does is he's got this really, really cool setup. He's got a nice boat. It's got two dual, uh, dual gator tails on the back so you can ride it in basically mud, very, very shallow waters. And we'll go fishing, um, hunting, 
and more importantly, bow fishing. So we've been bow fishing a few times, and I'm going to tell you something. As a sportsman, this is one of the most fun things that I've ever done because it incorporates fishing and hunting at the same time, and it is just a blast. Well, Tim is a very good speaker, kind of, I guess, maybe. Or sometimes he just tries a little bit too hard to be a little bougie when he's on the podcast. So we like to give him a bunch of shit about it. And this clip in particular is one that we still mess with him about. And it's his reference to um, saltwater fish, if you will. Well, let's give it a listen. And let me tell you something about here. What's unique in Louisiana, especially South Louisiana, bow fishing, there is no other place like that bow fishing. Um, it's big around all over the country, but it's, I don't want to say it's, it's people shoot a lot of fish that you don't, don't eat or not great table fare. Uh, but here in South Louisiana, we have the right conditions for good. It's great fish to eat. Uh, some of the best fish, it's all salt water. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just the right conditions. Cause a lot of other coastal, uh, states and in cities, they don't have the marsh like we do. Right. So the all those conditions don't line up the you know, the the area. So it's just perfect here in South Louisiana. I mean, it's not a better bow fishing spot. It's sportsman's paradise. Sportsman's paradise. But just kinda of going back to something you said, Corey, you ever heard somebody refer to saltwater fish as good table fare? Dude I, I, I don't know if it's just me. I was he said that and it threw me for a loop. I ain't never heard nobody say that before. <laughs> that dude said table fair. Tim, you way too bougie. Yeah. Way too bougie. So anyway. Some damn good eating fish is what it is. Exactly. So for him to reference that as table fair, we still kind of mess with him about that. Even when we're kind of hanging around and doing a little fellowship and we have some food, it, you better damn well believe that we're referring to it as table fair. So that was episode eight, bow fishing with Hey Hooper, a.k.a. Tim Hooper. And we just kind of talk about all things bow fishing and how the rig is set up, how the bows are done. It's all that. Very cool episode. And we also have him on his own episode again, episode 11, Tim Hooper, Blackhawk pilot, where you can go and listen to how he got into the military, how he got into flying Blackhawks and uh, all that kind of cool stuff. Another very fascinating episode. So definitely go and check those out. So a couple of the episodes that I just kind of wanted to mention, I don't really have sound clips for, but some of my other favorite episodes through the years. Now, the list is very long. I could go back and list almost all of them because I love doing this. I don't, I don't have a single episode posted that I didn't enjoy either doing or listening to. They're all fantastic. But a few that I would highly recommend if you were just going to be starting out listening to the podcast, one of them being episode 10 with Matt Jewell, Parish President. He's a pretty cool cat. Very interesting to see. He is like seven foot tall, just a towering human, but a very, very cool guy to get to know. Very personable. And when I reached to, reached out to him about being on the podcast, he was all about it. Showed up at the house, had a blast. Very cool episode. Episode 10, Matt Jewell, Parish President. Another one that I love, episode seven with Captain Lloyd Landry with Outcast Fishing Charters. He's actually a good buddy of mine. I went to school with one of his younger brothers, Michael, and I've been fishing with them kind of off and on for a long time, whether it be with Mike, with Luke, or with Lloyd. We've been on a couple of his charters, and it's just a, he's such an entertaining person. That was a fantastic episode. I'd love to have him back on. As a matter of fact, that is something that I'm going to challenge myself with. I'm going to have 
Lloyd back on with his son, who he refers to as Five, because he's Lloyd Landry the Fifth. So I'm going to have Captain Lloyd and Captain Five on, because he's fishing with him again now. We have to redo that episode, because it was another great one. One of my favorite beer podcasts is episode 13, where I came back from Spindle Tap Brewery, and we did a big taste test of all of the beers that they sent me home with. I mean, they sent me home with hundreds and hundreds of dollars worth of beer. I'm not exaggerating. So we got to sit down, talk about all those. And it's one that I've listened to multiple times. It's a a fun podcast. If you like anything beer or just like to be entertained by a bunch of knuckleheads sitting around bullshitting about stuff, episode 13, Spindle Tap Brewery Taste Test, another good one. Well, one day we decided to flip the script. We weren't going to drink beer. We were going to drink some bourbon. So in episode 33, Bourbon Country, I had a friend of mine that I just met through TikTok come over to the house, and he's a bourbon guru. The dude can swish it around the glass, sniff on it, talk about all the smells, taste it, swish it around his mouth, do what he's got to do. Just way too bougie for me. Picks out all these bourbons, picks out all these smells and flavors, and to me... It's kind of like the IPA thing. I'm very fascinated by it. It's entertaining. I want to know a little bit more about it. So to have him come on and explain all that stuff to us was amazing. I thoroughly enjoyed it. We drank way too much bourbon that night because even after we were done with the podcast, we had some other ones that he wanted us to try. So we went to the front room with the wives, started drinking some more, and Lord have mercy, did we cut up and have a good time. But if you want to learn about bourbon, Listen to episode 33, Bourbon Country, You Won't Be Disappointed. Another one that I'm very proud of, I have a big CrossFit background. I've done CrossFit for many, many years. I've been to the games as a spectator. Uh, I'm just, I love the competition. I love the, the, the big-time athletes watching them do things that I could never do and that a lot of people are just never going to do. And one of the OGs that I used to love to watch was Margot Alvarez. She's just a beast great personality, Um, and we've kind of, in a roundabout way, met her a few times, talked to her a few times. We've gone to her. She owns a a vineyard. They they make her own wine. So we've got to go to some of her releases and just kind of not really getting to know her, but we've met her a few times. Well, my wife really enjoys her wine, so one day she reaches out to her and says, hey, my husband has a podcast, and he was curious if you'd like to be on it. Would you like to? And she actually responded and said, she, she said, yes, I'd love to. So had a chance to have her on the podcast, talk about her journey through CrossFit, how her wine thing came to be. And it's just a very fascinating episode. And I was humbled to have the opportunity to have her on and talk to her. And now since then, we've become friends. We exchanged cell phone numbers. So every once in a while, I'll text her. And it's just kind of cool. Um, just kind of saying hi and stuff like that. So definitely appreciate her, and you would enjoy that episode, episode 12 with Margot Alvarez. But to kind of wrap this up, we've been kind of bumbling on for about an hour now. I really wanted to give a huge, huge thank you to anyone and everyone who's listened to this podcast. If you're still listening to it, if you gave this one a chance, if you're thinking about listening to some more episodes, man, I can't thank you enough. Again, like I said, I'm doing this for me and because I enjoy it, but it's very satisfying to know that other people will actually listen to it and enjoy it. So thank you so much. You guys and gals are 
absolutely amazing. If you ever had some feedback for me and you wanted to reach out or ask a question or say thanks or, hey, your shit sucks, maybe you should try this, look, whatever it is, I'm open to it, you can send me an email at heyerock at yahoo.com. Shoot me a message, say hi, tell me what you think, tell me what you'd like to hear, or just tell me to shut up. It's completely up to you. The biggest thanks and the utmost appreciation really goes out to two of my co-hosts that are on this podcast way more than other people. Uh, I, I, I really feel like I couldn't do it without them because this is their podcast as much as it is mine. Young Zachariah and my homeboy, Corey Rome. Those two guys, man, I, I look, sometimes we bounce things off of each other's heads and say, what about this? What about that? Or uh, Zach will go to... An- a store and buy all these new IPAs and say, Hey man, look, I got all these things that we can try. And then we'll all come over and do the podcast and drink some beer and talk about it and shoot the shit. But two of my dear friends, uh, love them to death and couldn't do it without them. This, they just awesome people to be around and they're entertaining and they have good stories and they have good questions. And when we have hosts on our guests on and they'll help with the questions, it really is a team effort. And I love the fact that they're a part of this podcast with me. And I know that other people appreciate them too. Uh, But again, if you want to send me an email and tell me what you think about Corey and Zach, if you think they're entertaining, if you want them to shut up, or if you want them on even more, I'd like to hear that kind of stuff too. So send me an email, heyerock at yahoo.com. But most importantly, to finish this off, I really, 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 really want to appreciate Corey. Because he's been my role dog for a while. Him and I have been friends since we were in middle school. We do just about everything together. He's just one of my best friends, him and Lonnie. And uh, Corey is really just, man, he's the kind of guy that everybody needs in their life. So, Corey, I love you. I appreciate you. And look forward to the next episode with me, you, and young Zachariah, and hopefully some other people. But until next time, thank y'all for listening and say hi to your mom and them public.